Good morning, Steve Dale's Pet World on WGN. Before we talk about something that has been coming up more and more at veterinary meetings. So this is these are meetings, conferences where veterinarians and veterinary professionals, including technicians and nurses, get their continuing education. The topic of pain, particularly related to cats. Because cats have been telling us for years and years and years and years, I'm fine, no problem here, look over there. But turns out that isn't necessarily true. <laughs> Chew! It's that season, right? Where allergies, that's, yeah, I know, it's getting warmer out ever so slowly. So allergies really are an issue. And yeah, we're allergic to things in the environment, but the, and the number one allergy, the most common, is actually humans allergic to cats. By the way, did you know that cats can be allergic to us? I don't have a solution for that. But I do have a new solution about us being allergic to cats. Actually, Dr. Mike Lappin will be here and he'll explain what that solution is. Interestingly enough, it's a cat food that's made for us. Made for us because we're the ones who are allergic to the cats. When the cats eat this food, that allergy we have goes away. How can that be? He will explain this amazing, really, technology. All of that right here. Dr. Mike Petty, who happens to be an expert on pain, you're a superstar in veterinary medicine. You have been for a very long time, but now you're really wanted by everyone because pain happens to be, if you go to a veterinary conference anywhere, it's one of the hot topics. Why do you think that happened? I think it happened because we finally recognized that animals um, had pain. And, uh, you know, there are papers coming out all the time. There was a recent paper published in 2020 that showed that depending on the study, between 26 and 82% of all behavioral issues have the root in pain. Yeah, yeah. And when I talk about behavior now or do personal, you know, I'm helping someone doing a consult or even on the telephone talking to listeners for several years now, that's the direction I first go in. I've always gone in this direction, though. Anytime there's a change in your pet's behavior, and I'm saying this to all of you, see your veterinarian first, because there might well be a medical explanation that is causing the problem or at least contributing to it. I suspect you'd agree with that. Yeah, it's always nice to have a second set of eyes and especially second set of professional eyes to take a look and a feel. And honestly, it's one of the reasons that I'm not a big proponent of telemedicine because you miss so much by not putting your hands on an animal. Yeah, I suppose we could talk about that separately. But you know what? Um, So the cat thinks outside the litter box, right? For the first time. The cat's 12 years old. Uh, There are so many people who do what I do that would say, well, add another box, add this, add that, that's the cat litter. Maybe those things are a factor or not, but I look at pain now in a way I never did. Yeah, you know, and the litter box is probably one of the best examples. Think about walking on a really sandy, deep, sandy beach. It's not easy. Now, if you've had arthritis and done that, it's almost impossible. You're asking your cat to do that every time it has to go to the bathroom. Oh, and right. And it has to get into the box in the first place, right. and which so, isn't always easy. Right. And my cat spreads litter, so I'm going to put it, get a high-sided box. and you know. So Oh, there are people that put litter boxes, really, on top of washing machines. <laughs> I've seen that. Yes. 
I've seen two issues with that. One is the one we're talking about is the cat ages. Cat's not doing it. Right. But the second thing is the washing machine begins to agitate. <laughs> the litter box flies off the machine. Cat's not going back up there. Right. Okay, let's get back to arthritis <laughs> in cats. There is now really new, exciting, I think game-changing news. Yes, Silencia. So Silencia is a drug. It's, it's a monoclonal antibody, and it is uh, for the use of chronic use of chronic arthritis in cats. So it's right. given once a month, and uh, it remains to be seen how long it lasts. There's some other monoclonal antibodies that we can stretch out more than a month, but it's too new in the market to know. Yeah, yeah. Although there's one study that shows, that I saw anyway, that showed that pain begins to come back at day, at least after a few months. Right. You know, we don't know many, many months later. Right. But after day 26, 27, 28, I'm talking right. about pain trace, and it shows the graph of that pain beginning to return, which was fascinating. Right. Uh, right. Because sometimes the cats don't tell us. Right. They often don't tell us um, in ways that we can see unless we know to look for it. Yeah, yeah. All right, so... Silencia, I want to talk more about this. It's a monoclonal antibody, which has been kind of a buzzword. Right. Uh, in essence, without getting too technical, what does that mean? So it, it's a, it's a, when we say monoclonal antibody, we are talking about an antibody that is designed for a specific species for a specific purpose. So you could not, say, give uh, an injection of Silencia to your arthritic grandmother. It wouldn't work. <laughs> Because she's a human. Because she's a human. Not because she's your grandmother. Yeah. Uh, so, or that you should be giving any injection <laughs> right, to your grandmother. Right, right. Yes. Uh, but but what I'm saying is it's there. It's a very fine-tuned medicine, and that's that's new. And on the human side, uh, monoclonals have sometimes gotten a bad rap because there's been a lot of side effects on the human side with monoclonals. We just don't see that on the animal side. Hmm. Now, having said that. There's no such thing as a medication that is safe at any dose. There can always be something goes wrong. As I like to point out to my clients, something like six to eight uh, marathoners die every year from drinking too much water. Really? And, yes. I didn't know that. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm, so, I'm not going to so, be a marathoner. Yeah. Not so, that it would be anyway. So you've got to be. You've got to be. Uh, diligent on whatever you do. But right now, there have been no reports, and this has been out in the EU for um, quite a time. Yeah, and it's been huge there. Huge. Now, you've got a practice that's been using it a while. Yes, so I was you, an early user. Yeah, yes. so you've got these videos before and after. Yes. Tell me about those. So the videos are really heartwarming to see these animals, that these cats that just struggle even to walk across the floor, not even to say trying to go upstairs or downstairs. I mean, it's, it's absolutely heartbreaking. And then we get the after videos of the cats doing what they love to do. Yeah. And it's, it's really amazing. And, you know, it's not an expensive medication. It's not cheap, but it's not expensive. It's not going to break the bank. You know, if you skip Starbucks three or four times a month, you're probably going to pay for it. Well, you know, here's what I point out that, uh, okay, you have to pay for that, but now you don't have to pay for some other things you were paying for right. that maybe didn't help. Right. Exactly. You know, you know. so it's kind of a trade off. So right. the, the other thing that I'm excited about. Uh, is Silencia requires a monthly visit to the veterinarian. And people are thinking, oh, my God, I can't get my cat there for the injection. A couple things about that. It's not a pill. It's not a pill. And right. it's a cat. Right. And that's good in of itself, right? 
Yeah. No, I've had clients say, I would rather come in every day for an injection than give one pill. Uh, exactly. Okay, that's the point. And, and uh, also, I would argue that over time, we'll see, that even these cats that were hesitant about the carrier, if people like you or me help with carrier training and clients better understand that, the cats will actually become desensitized to right. the visit because they're going to feel better right after they get the injection. Yeah. Can I put in a plug for a carrier company? Of course. Yeah. So Sleepy Pod. I'm they're, a fan. They are not cheap. But no, I but I'm a fan. The, they have the big round ones. You can yeah. take the top completely off. And the cats, it's their cat bed. And what better way to have a bad trip than to, to go in your cat bed? And, you know, the cats love them. All my, right. My, my daughter's I don't have any cats anymore. My daughters do, and they have Sleepy Pods. All right. We're going to talk more about Sleepy Pod because I have a Sleepy Pod story for you when we come back. And also, we haven't even touched on some other things we want to talk about. Uh, News in veterinary medicine that will apply to all of you. We will do that when we come back on WGN. We are back with Dr. Mike Petty on WGN talking about all sorts of things, including here is the Sleepy Pod story. So I, you know, spoke here at this veterinary conference, as I speak at conferences all over, as you know, right? Yes. And, and I was talking about uh, something. Oh, I was talking about uh, consent in cats and cooperative care. Big thing in the dog world, can cats consent to anything? And that was kind of what I was talking about, including getting in the carrier. And I showed a slide of all these different carriers, and I had Sleepy Pod in the center and said something very similar to what you said before the break, that this is a great carrier. I explained why I think it is. Then I asked people in the room, I said, what are some of the strangest things that people have come in to your clinic? You could probably add on to this. A potato sack, a a blanket that was, I, I forget the college, University of Michigan, whatever school it was, and they had they, they didn't know that they're coming in with a blanket. Why are these people coming in with a blanket? Well, they unraveled the blanket. There was a cat inside it. That doesn't seem safe from the parking lot into the clinic. Right. Uh, I mean, the list went on forever and Laundry ever. Laundry baskets, milk cartons. I even had one person had taken off his belt and was using it like a slip leash around his cat's <laughs> neck. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and holding his pants up with the other hand. <laughs> <laughs> Another was... Uh, it, it was Budweiser. I said, is it Bud Light or was it Bud... Re-? He remembered it was Bud, Bud Regular. Yeah. And it was a carton that you keep beer in, you know, yeah. a Budweiser carton. So people come in in the strangest things. So in some cases, it's no wonder the cats, in some cases, no wonder why the cats aren't so happy about it. But a sleepy pod you should just leave out or whatever carrier you have in your house all the time. And there's a whole protocol we don't have time for now. Yeah. Uh, but cats can be trained or retrained if they previously didn't like the carrier to, if they don't love it, at least accept it. Right. And, you know, one of the nice things about Sleepy Pods is they're very easily seat belted in. So even if everything else goes well, if their home away from home goes flying onto the floor because you had to slam on the brakes, that's it. Game over. Yeah, that's right. So it's going to the veterinarian once a month for this injection called Silencia, which is a monoclonal antibody, which treats effectively pain in cat, at least arthritis pain in cats. Yes. And it's quite, I call it a game changer. I suspect you who have seen these videos of before and after would more than agree with that. 
Yes, I, I absolutely agree with it. And, you know, the, the compliance with the clients has been amazing. Uh, you know, we had one person who felt like it didn't work. Um, and I, it, was, it was a client that I felt like they were going to say that because they were balking at the actually kind of reasonable injection fee. But uh, everyone else has come back. I mean, they are there every 28 days. Yeah, because they're cat. Because yeah. they love having their cat back. Yeah, exactly. All right, so I want to talk about more technology that maybe we can learn about that you have seen at this conference. One I know is called GeckoVet. What is that? GeckoVet is a diagnostic software for veterinarians. And, you know, veterinarians are great. I mean, we do everything. We are, you know, the dentists, the gynecologists, the oncologists. We do everything. Something that we do really poorly is embrace um, new technology like diagnostic software. And in that aspect, we're probably... Uh, about 20 years behind our um, single species uh, physicians. So we um, finally, there is this program out there called GACOVET, and it uh, basically assists a veterinarian with their observations of what they've seen, tests they've done, whatever, and gives a differential diagnosis list uh, starting from most likely to least likely, and that helps them make a, an informed decision. It helps you as a pet owner not pay as much money for unnecessary testing. And um, how, how does that work? So, you know, especially with like a newer graduate, and I was one once, you kind of throw everything at it. Let's run every test known to man because I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. And I've literally seen animals come to me for a second opinion that they have spent all of their money on diagnostics. Mm. They no longer have money left for treatment. Mm. And that's a sad thing. And, yeah. and it's usually because someone is casting a really wide net because they just aren't sure. And they don't want to miss. They're, it's, they're not doing it to make money. They're doing it out of the, the concern for your animal. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the real concern should be, let's not put the animal through too much. Right, right, right. Uh, so what this does is it... Uh, you literally type things in as to what you're seeing or what you're not seeing. Yeah, yeah. You, so you put in, um, you know, the, the what we call the signalman of the animal. You know, age, sex, etc., breed, and then you type in what you're seeing. It can start out as simple as things like body temperature and physical exam findings, and then you can build on it if you need to. Because with X-rays or whatever right, because, else, because the program then tells you how do I include or exclude this particular issue. You know. And and, and so this isn't something like this were to fall into a layman's hands, they, they wouldn't be. They would not have the foggiest on how to proceed with this. So this is not a replacement for your veterinarian. This is artificial intelligence and algorithms helping your veterinarian make rational decisions. All right. So cancer, of course, is something that, gosh, we're probably seeing more of in dogs and cats all the time. There's a new tool. Yes, there is a brand new tool. It's called the HT Vista. And the HT Vista is, was developed in Israel, and it's being distributed by a company here called Companion Animal. And um, uh, what this does is it uh, is a, like a little wand that you place over um, a skin growth, 
I mean, it's not going to look at like a liver or a kidney or anything like that. It has to be a skin growth, and it, but it can get under the skin, just like a subcutaneous growth. Mm-hmm. And you place it over that and some adjacent normal skin, and it puts some heat into it, and just for a few seconds, like raises the temperature maybe a degree or so, and then it looks at how the heat is diffused from the areas. Malignant tumors act one way, benign tumors in normal skin act another way. And for the pet owner and for the pet, does this mean, in, at least in many cases, then no biopsy? Right, no biopsy. Yeah. That's a savings of money. Savings and of money. And mostly for the pet, you yeah. don't have to go through that. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you where the, the, the really great thing about it is, is that when sometimes I'm confronted with um, what I think might be a malignant tumor, but how big of a, how much skin do I want to take out around it? Mm-hmm. I want to get clean margins. So this will tell me, yes, you better take it all in the first time. So often, Almost always now, I never have to do a second surgery to go and clean up the original surgery site. That's huge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, What's this it, called again? It's called the HT Vista. And if you're interested in finding a veterinarian near you that has it, uh, you can send uh, an email to info at companiontherapy.com. Uh, it is brand new. There's not a lot of the units out there. But based on the reaction I got when I lectured on it this weekend, Mm -hmm. there's going to be a whole heck of a lot more of them out there. Yeah, yeah. Cutting edge stuff from Dr. Mike Petty. Always a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you. So you're taking a road trip maybe with your dog or your cat? Well, let's ask the dog or cat if they want to go in the first place. We'll talk with veterinary behaviorist Dr. Chris Pockle about that next week. How to encourage a dog or cat that isn't crazy about a car ride, to readjust their opinions about it. And we'll also talk about parasites. Yeah, it's getting warmer out, which means, yes, the ticks, the fleas, they're celebrating. And heartworm? Well, with the rain we've had, that means heartworm disease. There is an association because heartworm begins with mosquitoes. The more mosquitoes, the more likely we're to have heartworm. Of course, heartworm's totally preventable. We'll talk about all of that next week with Becky Mosser, a registered veterinary technician. He is a professor of veterinary medicine at Colorado State University and, I dare say, a personal friend after all these years, Dr. Mike Lappin, one of the nicest guys, but he's also a researcher. And you have researched and studied so much on the dog side and also the cat side. The human-animal bond with cats, do you think that bond has intensified over the past, I don't know, 15 years? Yeah, you know, Steve, it's great to see you again, by the way. You are one of my favorite people as well. So we're having the Mutual Admiration Society today. (laughs) But I tell you, just being a cat person later in life, I can say yes. I think the bond with the cat has grown for many people around the world, including myself. Uh I actually didn't know I was a cat person until later on in life. Now, I'm a kid from Oklahoma and Kansas, and we had cats, and I liked the cats, but they were kind of outdoor cats. Mm-hmm. They were mousers. They were working animals, basically. Yeah. And then later on, once I became a veterinarian and got to work with cats a little bit more, I realized they liked me, and I liked them. And now our house is a mixed house. We have dogs and cats, two, <laughs> two veterinarians, but yes. I've gravitated towards the cat. Really? Yeah. So you, we, you are admitting publicly for the first time 
you're more a cat guy. <laughs> yeah, Catriona. I married a cat as well, Catriona. <laughs> Her name is Cat, your wife. Yeah. Yes. We love both, both groups, and we usually have four dogs, four cats at any one time. So I love them all. But the bond has strengthened for many people, I think, around the country as we've learned more about how wonderful they are. They have different personalities than mm-hmm. dogs, but that's very alluring to some of us. Yeah, me too. So one of the reasons why cats are relinquished, and it depends on which survey you look at, but always in the top two or three, among the reasons, top reasons, why cats are relinquished, allergies. Now, you talk to me about this. I mean, sometimes I would argue people say they're allergic, and there was even a study done the reverse kind of thing, a study done where they showed people pictures of cats. There was no cat there, just pictures of cats. And they were itching their nose and they began to sneeze. I mean, there was no cat here in those magazine or whatever photos they used. I found that fascinating. It is something, right? Those associations, yeah. right? You associate with having a cat and then just a picture can set it off. But, but boy, it is true. Uh, the folks that are allergic individuals, that is one of the more common allergies and around the world. Yeah. Yeah, they make some really potent proteins that can make us have our kind of itchy white blood cells get turned on. Yeah, one of the things that people are more, human beings, are more allergic to than anything else mm-hmm. on the planet happen to be, for many, our best friends, cats. And I suggest that there are lots of cats that are not uh, are not adopted from shelters or purchased from breeders because people know they're allergic. They may love them or they already have a cat and they either develop allergies or the allergies worsen or they just can't deal with it anymore and the cat is given up to a shelter. Yeah, it's one of the more common reasons for relinquishment, like you said early in the interview. And and it's funny because I'm I'm one of those people, and I've not been tested to prove that I'm allergic to this one really potent protein. It's called FELD1. I haven't personally been tested, but I've done provocative testing where what, what I, is that yeah well i would let can the cats, we talk about that well it does sound kind of interesting doesn't yes it? no uh, in this situation we have a cat room and a cat run and a cat climbing gym all of which can be closed off from our bedroom and I prefer to sleep with the dogs and the cats. I know maybe I'm not supposed to, but but I actually do. Why not? Oh, you know, we always worry about might, maybe you could catch something from you or from them, but which you almost never do if they're healthy. Well, you were the guy, you're an expert on this. So if you're unconcerned about it, if they're healthy or you're using appropriate flea and tick prevention, all those things. Correct. And if yeah. you're healthy as well, yeah. it's a big, yeah. a big part of that. But my provocative testing example, personally, is I was having mainly the stuffed up nose and, and kind of itchy eyes. Mm-hmm. And I suspected that it was probably related to the cats, which is part of the reason why I had the cat room and the cat workout area. And so when I leave the cats outside the bedroom while mm-hmm. I'm sleeping, my symptoms decrease dramatically. Mm. If I come to bed late and the cats are already rooted in throughout the bedroom and I'm not going to turn the lights on and try to find them, the next morning I'm going to pay for that a little bit. And it's also about the human-animal bond. So even people that keep their cats, they're allergic, they don't relinquish the cats, but they do what you did. And they close the bedroom door and in some cases, nobody cares. Uh, People may not want to share their bedroom with their cat anyway. Or the cat's 
you know, where cats sleep. It's wherever they want. And the cats may not be even interested in going in there. But for a lot of people, the cat does want to be with you. And that's one of the worst things about being allergic to cats, because if we do have to sequester them away and that makes them unhappy, then that's messing up their lifestyle, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so luckily that's where we've had such great luck with ours because they do have the outdoor run and lots of perches and things. And so our perception is they'd probably rather be in the bed with me, but they're actually okay. So that's been our compromise with them. But boy, wouldn't it be a way, wouldn't it be nice if there was a way that you could be allergic to cats but not have the symptoms Uh and not take drugs? Uh So that is right. So we are going to talk about how there is a way, actually, thank you for the lead-in, how there is a way. And in addition to that, I want to better understand how cat allergies work. I think that people don't quite understand, and it's just interesting as to what you're really allergic to when you're allergic to cats. We'll talk about all of that when we come back on WGN. Dr. Mike Lappin, Colorado State University, College of Veterinary Medicine, is here. We're talking everything cat and cat allergies. So people assume that it's the cat hair, if you prefer to call it cat fur, but actually none of that, or the dander, like in dogs, but none of that has anything to do with you, if you are allergic to cats, being allergic to a cat. Yeah, you're exactly right, Steve. It's been some great work done over the last 20 years or so showing that what most of us are allergic to is actually a protein that's in their saliva. What? And yeah, yeah, it's called FEL-D1. It even has a name. Yeah, that's a feline, D1. Yep. And we actually don't even know what it does. We don't know what its function is to cats. But boy, oh boy, if you're a cat allergic, you're personally or a family member, that's what usually triggers it. And how does that work? Because you don't put your hand in your cat's mouth necessarily, but yet you still may be sneezing and wheezing and all those things. So how is it that that protein ends up to cause allergies for us. Yeah, isn't that a great uh, question? Yeah, and what what we now know, since it's mainly in the saliva, it's a couple other secretions of the cat, but you know how you've watched your cat? They can clean every inch of their body except the top of their little head, right? Yes. And so as they do their grooming cleaning, they're actually putting this protein, which is now stuck to their hair. It's a sticky protein. Yeah, it's a very sticky protein. Mm -hmm. And if you guys know about allergies like hay fever, it's these little things that turn on your white blood cells and it's your white blood cells that actually release the substances that make you itch or sneeze sometimes cough is that histamine yeah histamine being released by mm-hmm. some of those things called mast cells and all that and they're normal parts of your body it's just some of us are a little bit more hyper responsive we, we just make more of it uh, to different proteins like feld one so what and, happens with cats is the cats groom themselves the sticky protein sticks to them, but then the cats, being cats, are rubbing against chair legs. Uh, the hair may uh, shed just a little bit, and the protein then sticks to everything in the house, right? Exactly. In fact, you can walk into, if you're a cat allergic mm-hmm. person, you can walk into a room that was recently vacated by the cat. Cat's not even there anymore, yeah. and it can set off my eyes uh, uh, watering as well. So one of the things that the strategies, of course, are to keep the house as clean as you can for other allergens as well. Sure. But definitely cat hair that might have felt one stuck to it. The other allergens part is actually an important part to mention because 
most people, as I understand it, that are allergic to cats are also allergic to other things. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we tend to think about hay fever, you know, things that mm-hmm. pop up when something's blooming. But, you know, there are other ones like even dust mites, yeah. which pretty much everybody has. And so the cleaner you can be, the better your allergies and are going to be. And the HEPA vacuum cleaners, all of that helps. But what really the, the allergists have said for people that are allergic to cats, uh, take a drug. I mean, a decongestant, and there's no, no other thing. Yeah, sure, keep the house clean, do all these other things. But really, that's been the big solution until now. Yeah, and, you know, I'm being an allergic person. I just really dislike having to take at least systemic things like antihistamines because they just, even the non-drowsy ones, I still don't feel normal, right? And they don't. For some people, they work perfectly. But for others, they don't. Yeah. Yeah. And if you like to stay drug-free, like mm-hmm. I do at Colorado State University <laughs> with my cats, then I would like to find another way. And that's where one of our great sponsors of veterinary medicine, a pet food company called Purina Pet Care, really has done an amazing job giving us another option other than drugs mm-hmm. or getting rid of your cat. Yeah. And what is that option? Yeah. They made a cat food that actually inactivates that little protein that you're itchy because of. And it's amazing because it doesn't hurt the cat, it doesn't hurt the person, and you got to eat anyway. Well, and it's a cat food that's for people in a way, not that you should be eating the cat food, but it's really created so we're not allergic to cats. And what I'm fascinated by, and both you and I have met the scientist who has done this, I Ebenezer's... Centerage or very good, very close very anyway. Good. But who wakes up in the morning? You're a brilliant guy. You do tons of research. But who wakes up in the morning and says, "I am going to solve this problem"? So people worldwide are not allergic to cats anymore. And it took him years to do it. Oh, I tell you, Ebenezer is a brilliant man. Uh, yeah, I wish I could be smart like Ebenezer. But it <laughs> was too. really a cool thing. And, and being an advisor, I've gotten to watch it come through development. And, and it's pretty amazing technology because as you make the cat foods, when it comes out of the machines getting ready to be bagged and things, you actually coat this antibody that captures that antigen so it can't turn on your white blood cells. That's just from eating. It just, the it's so amazing. Yeah, yeah the it, cat's just eating it, and it lessens the amount of this feldy one on their fur or their hair. Yeah, so we should say it's called Purina Live Clear. The hope is, though, and the reason why you're excited, I believe, and the reason I know I, I'm excited, is instantly when I heard about this, I said, we are going to better the human-animal bond for reasons we spoke about, but most importantly, fewer cats relinquished and potentially more cats adopted. Excellent. I totally agree with you. This is a true One Health discovery, right? Speaking of which, you are for the World's Small Veterinary Medical Association. Did I get that right? I think? Yes. Okay. You are uh, co-chair of the, or former chair of the One Health Committee. Well, I think I might still be the chair, you unless, unless the they chair. fired me yesterday and I didn't get the memo yet. <laughs> no, the Wasava Sorry. One Health Group, as Steve was mentioning, we actually reach over 200,000 veterinarians in 113 
countries. And so when we have things like allergies to cats or we might improve human life by feeding them a cat food, that's our mission, right, is to make sure the vets and the MDs all know. And so you as the listener, if you're a cat allergic person, remember live clear and then have a chat with your physician about that and your veterinarian can easily provide it. Uh, yeah, or you can get you. it in a pet store. It's oh, yeah, not a hard go. food. Oh, yeah, it's not a prescription. Uh, so the thing about this cat food, and I want to talk about it a little more, and I want to talk a little more about the impact of it. So One Health is about how the humans and animals and the environment intersect with one another. This, you said, is a perfect example of that. And Purina happens to be a food that's sold worldwide. I mean, this changes everything for the way in which potentially in some nations cats are even treated. Oh, absolutely. And like you said, it's a perfect example of One Health because we're affecting two- and four-legged animals. Mm -hmm. And by keeping the animal in the home, the cat in this uh, situation, that improves human health because we all know that the majority of us pet ownership is one of the things that make us happy. And happy people generally have stronger immune systems and (laughs) and tend to do well health-wise. Well, actually, so I want to talk a little about that because... If our allergies are flaring up and we're not feeling well, then it does lower the immune system. On the other hand, we know, and this isn't talked about enough, with dogs it is, but there is a benefit, a medical benefit even, to having a cat. You know, I was talking to someone in one of these interviews just about a month ago, and we were talking about the human-animal bond. We were talking about how much money now Americans in the billions with a B spend on companion animals for for food, for toys, for, for veterinary care, and everything else. And then he said, but you know what? That number is much, much more. And we don't know how big that number is because by having pets in our lives, we are healthier and we are saving medical costs that probably go into the millions, if not billions. I'm so glad you mentioned that because being the One Health Chair, yeah. one of the things that we like to remind people is healthy pets without fleas or ticks that are being dewormed and the, all the safety things. We believe that pet ownership is, has many more health benefits for the owner and the family than health risks. And how that ties into me, uh, you can't see me today, but I have white hair. So I've been around for a couple of years <laughs> and wanted to share with a, the audience. A few. But my point is, is that I will never get less pets. I will actually get more pets because healthy people that are happy generally live longer. So I look at my cats as ways that hopefully will keep me on the earth even longer. So I'm going to get some more cats after this interview. Well, the good news is Mike Lappin, Dr. Mike Lappin, isn't going anywhere. Apparently, he's going to be on this earth for a very long time, which is good because I want to be talking to you for a very long time. Thank you for a great conversation about cats and allowing us to go in-depth regarding cat allergies. Dr. Mike Lappin, thank you. Thank you, Steve. We just slid by National Pet Adoption Week. You know what? Adoption is always a great option. In Chicago right now, we have too many animals, by my thinking, at the animal shelter. So consider adoption. Well, I can give you reasons. First of all, they seem to know. It's really pretty incredible. They do seem to know that they've been saved. And and you get loyalty for life, gratitude, if you will. Am I anthropomorphizing? Maybe, but so many people who have adopted 
have reported that that's the case. What do you think about that? You get a ready-made pet. So typically you're, you might be adopting a kitten or a puppy, but typically it's an adult animal who's been in a home before and they kind of know basic rules. Don't eat the shoes, uh, don't eat electric cords, that kind of thing. Uh, seniors for seniors. I love that idea of senior citizens adopting animals who happen to be senior citizens. Not only are you saving a life potentially, but you're benefiting your own life, if that's the case. And also, so many people think that animals in shelters, they've been guilty of something because they're in jail or something. No, the number one reason why animals happen to be in shelters in the Chicago area is simply housing issues that, uh, and we've talked about this on the radio, that, all right, uh, this uh, we don't allow pit bulls anymore, a dog that looks like a pit bull, whatever that is. We don't allow dogs over 30 pounds. We don't allow cats altogether. I mean, that sort of thing, and that's nobody's fault by any means. These animals might have special needs, and again, you may be saving a life. Yeah, you might have to pay some bills that otherwise you wouldn't have to pay, uh, but you might be getting an amazing animal by getting a deaf dog or a cat with three legs or a dog that's dealing with diabetes, and that's where the bills come in, right, with chronic illness of some sort. Most of all, you're benefiting you because we know the pets are good for us. We'll talk to you next week, bright and early. Hopefully I'm good for you too on WGN.